0: back live once again welcome to the ffs podcast i'm your host praddy and this is episode 24 part 26 and i almost lost it i didn't i just realized that i would finished 25 today so yeah so so part 26 and uh, that means we have done more than a quarter of a century of these parts which is good which means that i've had i've got hold of 25 different people uh who are basically fans of various clubs and so Welcome back to those of you who have been listening all the way for part one I mean thank you for sticking around for so long and listening to all of our podcast episodes but if you've just joined us for part 26 I'll give you a brief introduction of how this particular part has been structured so essentially throughout the month of January I've hosted and I will continue to host a whole load of guests who are basically fans of various clubs from across the world and we'll be talking about various topics and getting their insights and analysis uh on these various topics but these topics have mostly been chosen by the fans themselves so i've given them the liberty to speak about something that they're more passionate about and today's part is something similar as well i've had well minimal involvement i wouldn't say i've had a whole lot load, load of involvement but yeah it's something that my guests wanted to talk about and we'll you'll we'll get to that in just a few seconds but at the end of each part, I also ask my guests what their favorite memories or moments were from not only 2019, but also from the past decade. Uh, because yes, we are in 2020 and it seems only appropriate. Before, and then obviously we, I get, I'll get i ask them what their expectations are going, I mean, for the decade going forward, right? Uh, so to, for today's part, we we'll we we'll be delving into the Spanish League or La Liga. And we're going to be talking about one of the Biggest clubs in world football, if not the biggest clubs in world football, that is Real Madrid, uh, Los Galacticos, as they are famously called, or is it even Los Blancos? So, I mean, we'll be talking in general about how the decades been for them. I think if you were to sum it up, I would probably say that for out of the two main competitions that the club fights for on a and on an annual basis, they've done superbly well in one of them, whereas the other one's been slightly, well, disappointing in a way, given how their arch rivals have tended to dominate in that one competition. And I'm guessing if you watch football, you know which two competitions I'm talking about. The former being the Champions League and the latter being La Liga. And to talk about Real Madrid, uh, joining me on this podcast is Hey Monk. I, uh, if you've listened to one of the earlier podcasts where we spoke about Indian football, you might have heard of him. But I'll ask him to give a give you and me myself an introduction of himself. So, Hemang, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Hemang Doshi. I'm from Delhi, and I've been following Real Madrid since the uh, latter half of uh, the previous decade, and uh, I've been supporting Delhi Dynamos in Indian football as well. And uh, yeah, since the premature demise of Delhi Dynamos, I'm sticking to Real Madrid and I've been following them quite closely.
0: Yeah. So what drew you to Real Madrid? Because you said that you've been, you've started well supporting the club during the latter half of the past decade. And so what was it before that? Were you just interested in La Liga as a as a, a league as it as a whole, or I mean what brought you to supporting Los Galacticos?
1: Those were my primary school days and back then, uh, European football didn't find too much of an interest over here and uh, mostly people were following Manchester United and all. So I came across uh, Real Madrid through Orkut and then I saw uh, these few videos of theirs. I saw Zinedine Zidane play and uh, yeah, Zinedine Zidane's performance in the uh, World Cup as well, the 2006 World Cup. And... Then I started developing an interest for this club, and then I started uh, watching a few clips on the internet. And then slowly and suddenly, like it, it happens this way, before you know it, you are already a fan. So that was how I kind of started following the algorithm.
0: No, I mean, the, I don't know what I'm. I was more not taken aback, but surprised about, or nostalgic about whether you mentioned primary school days, which is like the latter half of. The previous decade or the fact that you mentioned Orkut. I, I'm guessing Orkut was probably the most nostalgic one. Uh yeah, I mean, because Facebook I mean,
1: uh, wasn't that aggressive. Like Orkut yeah. was doing pretty good back then.
0: Yeah. The age of MySpace and Orkut, the OG social media at that point. Uh yeah. but okay, I mean Uh, Fair enough and I guess like you mentioned Zidane which we'll come to later on because he's played such a pivotal role in shaping Real Madrid into the club they are right now Uh, but okay but tell me one thing so you've obviously because you said you watched started watching Real Madrid from the latter half of last decade which if you will concentrate on the Champions League because that's where the story is for Real Madrid uh, predominantly and like how's it been? I mean, because Real Madrid at one point of time was always known as a club that would get to the round of sixteen or quarterfinals and always, always find a way to get knocked out of the competition. Especially, you know, that two thousand five, six, seven from those uh, that era onwards. And I mean, how's it been now to know that your club has won four out of the past six? Years, the, yeah, six trophies yeah so i mean how has that been for as a real madrid fan watching all of that unfold
1: honestly back in 2014 if you'd have asked me that we would be winning like four titles in five years i'd be uh, telling you that it's like practically not possible for a club to win so many champions league titles specifically but then kind of just happened i mean um even I was pretty surprised that we didn't make it to the round of sixteen this time, and like AX totally got us. Got us. They probably caught us napping. Like we were a bit overconfident. That is the best way I can put it.
0: Plus, also you were in a transition. I mean, it's no feat to try and re- you have you didn't replace the best player of the entire decade for you guys. So, uh, and one who has kept. I mean, I don't think I'm exaggerating, but carried Real Madrid through the knockout stages of Absolutely, most of the it's years. Been,
1: it's been a Herculean task, especially in 2016 when you know, which was Zidane's initial season, and uh, we were already two 0 down against Wolfsburg when we played our away game, and we had to reverse that two 0 loss at the bow. And Ronaldo's hat trick was magical. I <laughs> I have also saved those words of the commentator, like the way he described that night. That was that special. And uh, the fact that, yeah, uh, replacing again, replacing Ronaldo was always a Herculean task. But then again, we uh, seemed a bit overconfident while we were playing at Bernabeu. Even Ramos, he uh, had gotten a red card so that he could play with a clean slate in the upcoming games. And like, even he was confident that we would get through, which is why he took an intentional red. But then again, it's just the overconfidence that got to us. Like the transition was there, but it was kind of uh, exaggerated by the overconfidence.
0: Now I mean, yeah, I I forgot about the Ramos uh, yellow card, which became quite a quite a story, given that he, yeah, it spoke a lot about the overconfidence of that. But it's a, and I suppose also because it's it was Ajax. It's not really one of the top six sides.
1: They even uh, even AX turned up with quite a surprise, like the surprise Juventus as well. So I mean, again, AX brought in their A game while we were totally overconfident about it, and that's why uh, what happened happened.
0: No, that's fine. Okay, yeah, I I have to agree with you there, and. Uh, I Yeah, when you mentioned the Ramos thing, then I could see the angle of overconfidence coming in. Uh, definitely there. Um, but, okay, let, let's start with what was the catalyst in the success that Real Madrid has found, according to you.
1: I think Zidane's man management has got to do really well with it. Because uh, If you would see during the latter half of this decade, you could imagine that ronaldo was kind of slowing down like towards the end of 2016 2017 he was kind of slowing down and then zidane kind of managed him that well that he we didn't play him in all the games he kind of used him when he was u- when he was required the most so like zidane's man management skills we did some great signings casemiro turned out to be a great uh, player in the defensive midfield for us and even Keylor Nawaz, he turned out to be a very good signing. Like, he, he isn't given the credit that he deserves. But even he turned up magically well. And he, uh, like, kept his post pretty well.
0: Yeah, I mean, so, with, with Ronaldo and when you mentioned Zidane's manage, management skill. I mean, how how much or how big were his balls to have? Or, like, he had the balls to kind of... Not play Ronaldo on a regular basis. I mean, I can't think of many managers who would have done that and succeeded. Because you remember Rafa Benitez, right? When he came in, was it post? I was it post uh, Ancelotti or post yeah, Mourinho? It,
1: yeah, it was it was post Ancelotti. Yeah, Ancelotti when... resigned after a winless season. Like we won the Champions League under Ancelotti, came a winless season, and then came uh, Benitez.
0: Right, so Benitez also, I would say, was very brave in, like, because he tried to play Gareth Bale through the middle, and I remember a lot of stories talking about how Cristiano Ronaldo wasn't starting and he he wasn't happy.
1: There was a tiff between him and Ronaldo, but then again, that's where I feel Zidane's man management skills came into play because he knew how to satisfy a big player's ego. It's it's only about that. Rafa Benitez just couldn't do it. He kind of got into fights and arguments with Ronaldo while Zidane tried to explain him that why he was like rested for some games and his energy was conserved and he was used where he was needed the most by the club. So I guess that's where, uh, I mean, that's why he succeeded because he could like... Satisfy Ronaldo's ego and as well use him the way he wanted, and uh, even Ronaldo, like he was able to convince Ronaldo that this has to happen.
0: No, I mean that—that's the key thing to convince Ronaldo because you, we all know how Ronaldo is, right? He has he the wants ego. To of... Every
1: every game, he is very no. very tall ego.
0: No, but not only start, but he wants to play in every 90 minutes of every game that he starts, right? It's not like if you sub him and we're seeing that in Juventus right now.
1: So many times you sub him and he gives you that look like he's not happy. He's very annoyed if he subbed early.
0: Right. And I think it, it was only possible with Zidane as well as Mourinho to some extent. Because they have that personality or that ego that probably matches ronaldo at some level uh, i think zidane fine
1: yeah, because zidane like zidane has his own so many great achievements during his player career and out of that i think because of those achievements he deserves like he commands a natural respect which i feel that players should have given him or would have given him Mourinho is a seasoned manager so that way is he might have also gotten that respect but benitez wasn't uh, too great as a leader i would say because yeah. even after his uh, resignation from Real Madrid, he didn't manage any big club. Like he was seen on TV uh, doing these commentary shows and all, but haven't seen him manage a big club post that. Typical.
0: No, I think, yeah, you actually bring up a good point. I I really can't think. I don't know if he did Napoli after that. But even then, it was not a huge, long stint. He did fairly decent at Napoli. Yes, I guess
1: he did some club in the Premier League. But mostly, I could uh, only see him on these uh, uh, mid-game commentary shows only. I didn't see him managing a big, uh, major club out there.
0: No, definitely. I think Newcastle has that history, but no longer a major club in the English yeah, Premier League. Not, so
1: they're not a force to reckon with as of now.
0: Exactly, and uh, yeah, I, I mean that's that's quite a a point that I hadn't really thought about, and that's it's quite interesting that you mentioned that. But talking about Mourinho, right? The decade started with Mourinho and his antics, as usual. Ah. Uh, Won the La Liga, actually broke. I think was that in 2010-11 or 11-12 that he actually broke the Barcelona's uh, La Liga streak and uh, especially Pep Guardiola's yes. trophy hall. And I think after that, he obviously what what did you make of Mourinho's era, man? I, I like I've asked a lot of people, and some of them said look at it with fond memories. Like a lot of the fans, even I think were. Uh, were wanted Mourinho back after Zidane resigned, but I mean there are. If you actually watch the third year of Mourinho, his famous third year, I wouldn't have wanted 11-12. him back.
1: He got us the trophy in 11-12. the La Liga trophy that we've been we had been wanting for quite a while. Because yeah. prior to eleven twelve, we won it in seven eight. Correct, like. Considering the teams that are in La Liga, like it's a three-team league, if I may say so. And uh, that way, we should have won it more times than uh, we did. So, uh, Mourinho got us that trophy and that was a really good season. I Mourinho to continue, which he didn't. Even when uh, Zidane resigned, I was thinking that the club would want to get him. But I do not know what happened and they uh, got Juul but the proper uh, character during his chelsea days he's, he had said that he would <laughs> never go and join spurs and uh, there was uh, this recent interview of his in which the interviewer is asking him did you say you would ever join spurs while you were with chelsea then he, uh, and his response was <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah he's like being, i got sacked that was the changing point yeah uh <laughs> But I mean, would you actually want Mourinho back? The way he left the club in what I would call like a mess with Ike Casillas on the fringes at that point, he had a tiff with Sergio Ramos and some of the big players. And why why would you think the club was so, well, would be okay with. He
1: had all those tiffs, but then I think he also had his own successes. And that uh, La Liga title was a major, major portion of those successes. And once uh, Zidane resigned, I felt that the club was in a proper mess because Zidane resigned. Um, even Ronaldo had left. So I was like, the club was in shambles back then, and it needed someone who could rebuild it. And uh, like, if there's a transition. You need someone who has that leadership instinct who could build the blocks and make it proper again. So, I kind of feel that Mourinho could have been that guy who could have done it. But then they went for Julin and he kind of messed up. And then, uh, eventually it had to be Zidane coming back.
0: Oh Yeah, definitely. But, okay, so post-Mourinho, I mean, you kind of quickly got back on track with Ancelotti there. Ancelotti
1: Ancelotti was a great manager. I don't know why he was sacked. Because... done a fairly good job with winning us that one UCL title. I mean, one winless trophy run. I mean, one uh, season without a trophy shouldn't be a reason to uh, like sack a manager. That is what I feel personally, if the manager is doing good. But then again, it is Florentino Perez so you don't know what he's going to do next.
0: More than Florentino Perez it's Ancelotti. I, to me, he is one of the most... Un, he is the unluckiest coach or manager there is in football. I think with Bloody the
1: underrated Yeah.
0: I mean like even against, even under Chelsea where when he was managing Chelsea, he won them the league title and then he won the FA Cup, but he got sacked the year he got won only the FA Cup. Which was like Absolutely. you 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 feel sad. And he brought La Decima to Real Madrid. And not only that, but I think the the state at in which the club was after Mourinho had, had left Uh, It was a mammoth of a task to get him to kind of bring it back to a state where they could compete and win a a Champions League trophy. And so, pretty quickly, yes. Yeah. And not to mention that, I mean, some some may even forget, he had Zidane as his assistant manager. And, you know, he uh,
1: was working with Casillas at that point of time.
0: Yeah. And like, Zidane. And I don't know if he's attributed his success to Ancelotti, but you can easily see that working under a, uh, such a, a successful manager in Ancelotti has helped even Zidane uh, manage when he became the eventual permanent manager. And, and so, I don't think sometimes we'd give credit to Ancelotti uh, for… He's, his,
1: he's really underrated, yeah. he's like, He did a proper job. Like He had to consolidate consolidate that club when uh, Mourinho suddenly left so he was pivotal that uh, even i think that he might have helped zidane a lot with, while he was managing the youth team under him
0: okay and i mean we spoke about lopetegi and uh, uh, briefly but like why why did they go for him what was he, why do you think or what was the thinking behind behind you know hiring julian lopetegi
1: uh, first of all, I would say I feel bad for Lopet Viggy. <laughs> because, uh, post his announcement by Real Madrid, he left his uh, Spain managerial job. Post that, he lost his Real Madrid job as well. Uh, I kind of feel sad for him. And, uh, like, yeah, once Zidane left, and uh, even Chris, like, what, from the reports that I have read, Zidane wanted to keep Ronaldo over bail. And uh, following what that beautiful goal, Florentino Perez was adamant to keep him in the club. And so, like, there was this argument between Zidane and Perez. Zidane left, even Ronaldo left and Bale stayed. And after that, like, from the pool of managers that were available, Lupe Tegui's uh, international record had been good. So, I probably think that... uh, Perez thought of using that experience and making him uh, work it out for Real Madrid because again, since Ronaldo departed, it was a huge vacuum that had to be filled and Lopetegui had been doing fine with the Spanish managerial jobs. There were a lot of uh, Spanish players in the setup as well. So Perez might have thought that he would gel in well with his players that he plays with in the national team. That might have been the rationale behind having him.
0: Yeah, okay, fair enough. Though I was really pissed off when they signed Lopetegui because I suppose Spain in the national team front. And like uh-huh. the moment the moment I heard that Lopetegui had announced, and then that whole debacle happened where they called for press conferences. And I thought there was a sl- slimmer, slim hope or a slim chance that Lopetegui would stay because it, it was, I think, four or five days before the actual World Cup, or even lesser than that, but fewer than that. But like,
1: Almost at the eve of the World Cup, and I don't know why did they have to announce it right then because they could have stayed for the World Cup. Like they could have announced once the World Cup was over. Yeah, and uh, I feel that did cost him his uh, managerial job. Like it was a major setback for him.
0: personally, I mean, until until that point, I was okay with like I. I wouldn't say I was supporting Real Madrid as my team or whatever, but it would in the La Liga I, I. I like Real Madrid more than Barcelona, and so not only did Real Madrid beat Liverpool that June or that May or June in the Champions League, so that I was already pissed off with Real Madrid. But they go <laughs> and they and they go and they poach the Spanish coach and cause cause pain to be so disorganized before the World Cup. You can imagine how my admiration totally for Real Madrid. Shambles.
1: They were totally in shambles. Like Lopez, his loss was a major one. When you change a manager, the entire strategy, uh, the formations you're going to play, the players you're going to have in key positions, all that changes. And like it's important to have that sync and that clarity while you go into a big uh, tournament, as big as a World Cup.
0: Yeah, I mean, I actually, for once, I, I didn't think, see, with Brazil, when we uh, when Spain played in 2014 in Brazil, I knew Spain weren't going to do well because... Spain tend to not do well when they travel to the South American countries. They've seen it yeah. even in the friendlies. Yeah. yeah, we've seen it even in the friendlies. But I said, I thought, okay, I mean, they're playing in Russia. It's in Europe. They don't have to do too much of traveling. I thought this is a good chance. And actually, in the friendlies and all, they were doing too pretty good. The style of football was quite no, pleasing to the yeah. eye.
1: Uh, were doing really well under López. We just before the World Cup. So yeah, like, they were the, yeah. pretty good favorites. I guess.
0: Yeah, and then Real Madrid just came in and ruined my party. And I was like, uh, yeah, first of all, you you beat us and at Liverpool, where I would argue that it's all down to maybe one or two people why we lost that game. And then like everything just culminated in me trying to, I mean, despising Real Madrid. I mean, not to an extent where I support Barcelona, but still despising Real Madrid. So the
1: first goal that Benzema scored, I mean, what a major blunder that was.
0: I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Alright, let's skip no, that but, part. <laughs> but but out, of the, out of the four Champions Leagues that you uh, have won this past decade, which one would you say gives you the most satisfaction? Or kind of, you felt like you were not in the best of positions to win? Like, in different emotions. Like, which one do you, would you hold dearest? The
1: 2016 one against Atleti, which went into penalties.
0: Like, that was
1: a very close game. And uh, the Liverpool game as well, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, I mean, I suppose, I think... The, 20, the 2016
1: game was the one that gave me the most goosebumps. Against uh, Liverpool, I was sorted after the Salah's injury. So, I was like, okay, they've lost a big, big player. So, I think we will be with this. Yeah, it was twenty sixteen when, like, I was totally all stressed up and all. Uh, both the teams were playing on level terms, and once it goes into penalties, you really can't say it could go the either way.
0: I actually thought that twenty fourteen would have been the more memorable one. The Ramos ninety uh, fourth minute header was it?
1: Yeah, ninety fourth
0: yeah. minute header. Yeah, I mean, I remember watching that and I like, seeing. And obviously, the most vivid images uh, is I think of Koke sitting in the bench uh, after he was subbed off in the last minute, kind of almost ready to celebrate, and then Slama scoring and spoiling his party. And I think I think yeah, his man, fa- was, his yeah his now face
1: editors that was yeah yeah yeah
0: uh, no I mean yeah but definitely there were some lot of memorable Champions League victories in those campaigns. Even in the campaign going into the final, there were a lot of. Uh, Memories there. But, all right. So, talking about memories, what was your favorite memory so far in 2019? Let's say first, let's talk 2019 first, then we'll come to the decade.
1: 2019's been about the way uh, these young players like Vinicius and, uh, uh, yeah, Vinicius, the way he stepped up when he was needed. I felt that was a major, major positive that I would take away from 2019. How uh,
0: how frustrated were you that Lopetegui and Solari were a little hesitant to play Vinicius, given how like like not successful, but how impactful of a player he was when he came onto the pitch?
1: He was very impactful, and uh, like Solari kind of played him more. Lopetegui, Mm -hmm. I don't know why he didn't play him, but uh, Solari kind of uh, played him more, and like it was under Solari that he really. Showed what his potential was, but then again, like it's generally with these young wingers, you know, uh, they are pretty good with their runs, but when it's about the final delivery, it kind of kind of lags, and uh, this is exactly what they should improve. And uh, like vinicius showed some uh, pretty good uh, improvement over there, so that was oh, one no. major takeaway
0: okay fair enough and your not so fair favorite moment from 2019
1: um there are many <laughs> 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 like 2019 was a totally a disastrous season i would say the ucl exit was the most shocking one of it because i wasn't expecting because we had like, it was ax who was who was supposed to be the easiest out of all once uh, there was this draw, and once the draw was done, we were all relaxed that, yeah, it is EX. Like, they would pose a challenge, but we will sail through. That was the idea once the draw was done, but then again, that's it. And uh, Ramos's face while he was sitting in the visitors' gallery, the VIP gallery, that said it all. That, that shouldn't have happened. That night shouldn't have happened the way it happened.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, I think the 2018-19th season is one that one to forget for Real Madrid fans, especially given that I think it was the first time where you had three managers in one season. Um, and yeah, I, well,
1: I don't recall the last time that happened. Like, this is what happens in small leagues like Kerala Blasters and Pune yeah. and do that. <laughs> 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 but then, what a big club to have these three managers being sacked in such short portions of time. I mean, it was a really difficult season, especially given the successes that we've enjoyed in the last three consecutive years. That came as a major, a major shocker.
0: All right, and your favorite moment from twenty from the past decade? Sorry
1: past decade it has to be the 2016 uh, champions uh, league trophy final like the build up to it the wolfsburg game which i reckon was the quarter finals like we were knocked out uh, like we conceded two in the first game which was the uh, away game and now we had to score three in the bernabeu and we had to make sure that we don't concede another one because otherwise uh, would have been, uh, they would, uh, like Wolfsburg would have had more away goals, but then again, mm-hmm. uh, Ronaldo really turned up during that night. He kind of converted that deficit, which many said that wouldn't have happened. Like, he did it against Atleti athletic as well. So, that's another different story, but then, yeah, that 2016 campaign was something that was very, very special to me.
0: Okay, and going forward, we are at the start of a new decade. Now, obviously, there's been an attempt to, I wouldn't say replace Cristiano Ronaldo, but get in another Galactico with Eden Hazard. And I wanted to know, going forward, what do you expect not only from Hazard, but from Zidane and Real Madrid?
1: So, like Eden Hazard signing was uh, said to be a huge one. But until now, I haven't like we have had haven't had the opportunity to see him replacing or even coming close to replacing ronaldo because again ronaldo's replacement hazard isn't ronaldo's replacement it had to be hazard plus uh, luka jovic which who was playing pretty good in the german league so i was expecting these two to kind of step up but with hazard's injury and all things have been a bit tricky expecting Hazard to return and like create that spark in the midfield add a bit more creativity so that there could be more uh, better balls to be delivered to the front line and I'm expecting uh, Jovic to step up as well and kind of convert those balls into goals and kind of like uh, keep scoring a bit more goals than he has been doing right now and uh, as far as the hopes from the season go I'm pretty hopeful that we'll be doing at least two trophies, if not more.
0: No, I mean, uh, you're definitely a, with a shot of winning the La Liga after a while because Barcelona keep tripping up. They would lost yesterday as well. And I mean, uh, like, how good is it to even know that Benzema's firing after so many years of playing second fiddle to Ronaldo or third fiddle even to Ronaldo and Bale. To see him shine has finally been like, oh my god, we waited for so long for this striker to come where he's Scoring on a regular basis. And that must be yeah, really... Honestly,
1: I didn't expect him to do that at the beginning of the season. Because he wasn't having... Uh, like He was playing a pretty good role in the front line. But he wasn't firing as many goals as he has in this season. I was expecting uh, Jovich to uh, do that thing. Then it's pretty refreshing to have him back. And he's like... His goal-scoring, goal-conversion abilities have really improved. I'm just hoping that once Hazard comes back, there's a bit more creativity, more better balls being delivered to him. I'm sure he would score many more.
0: Definitely. And with Hazard...
1: La Liga uh, getting too close, I'm pretty hopeful that Barcelona will come up with one or two major blunders and that (laughs) would be a blessing for us. I was pretty disappointed when they... (laughs) Thanks, their manager. Like he was a real boon for us. <laughs> <laughs> and again, like since it's a new manager, they'll he'll take some time shaping things up. So there will be uh, one or two slip offs, and that's where I'm hoping that we would capitalize and we'll gain a good lead, which we could maintain until the end of the league, uh, end of the season.
0: No, definitely, and with Hazard, I'm watching the Premier League for as long as I have. Yeah, uh, he he's kind of the guy who has one season good. He he does he has a brilliant season every alternate year. So this season, last year with Chelsea, he did amazingly well, which is why they won the Europa League and all of that. So this season was bound to not be that great from his uh, from his side.
1: Going by but, his law of averages.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, so that's as I say, you will definitely see the best of Hazard come next season. Uh, it's normally been like you like you said. On average, every alternate year is when he performs well. And it's surprising because when he doesn't perform well, his team tends to not perform well. But despite him not performing so well this year, you're still doing quite decent in La Liga. I think that's also to do with how Barcelona has fared so far, like you mentioned. Uh,
1: There have have been some players who I wasn't expecting personally to step, uh, step up as well as they have. So, yeah, I mean... It's good that we have these few players who kind of turn up when the main or like Galacticos don't turn up. Yeah, it's been going good so far.
0: Definitely, I mean, it's going to be interesting and obviously fun to watch where Madrid goes, especially now whether he's going to start focusing on the La Liga more than he does in the UCL because I think you've got enough UCLs or Champions Leagues now to sustain yourself for. Uh, a while before anybody even comes close to that th- 14 mark or th- 13 mark. Uh, but uh, no, it's it's definitely going to be interesting where Zidane's priorities lie. I think this Zidane, like another Madrid fan had mentioned, he, he seems a little different from the Zidane that came in uh, three years ago, four years ago. And uh, but, so it's going to be interesting. But uh, yeah, so I guess that's all the time we have for this part. Unfortunately, uh, we've run out of time and I wish we could speak some more about Real Madrid, but uh, I, I fear that we'll start mentioning Liverpool's loss again sometime soon and I don't want that to happen. <laughs> uh, and so, thanks, we'll Hemang, be for being... Another day. Yeah, another day, definitely. Uh, so, Hemang, thanks again for being a part of this podcast. As always, it was a pleasure having you and giving your thoughts, listening to your thoughts, rather, on Real Madrid.
1: So much it was a pleasure, like always I've always enjoyed coming on to this one, and I hope I could do pretty more with
0: yeah, we'll definitely catch up soon, whether it be Indian football or la liga Real madrid stories uh so we definitely have you on in the near future. so thanks again for tuning in to, and for those of you who've been listening all the way for part one or who've just joined us now for part twenty six uh you can leave a like, you can rate us, you can let us know if you want to be part of the podcast too. And you can also follow us on various podcast platforms like Spotify, Anchor, uh, Castbox, uh, and, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Yeah, you name it, your choice. You can follow us wherever you feel more comfortable as well as follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us there as well. And I guess that's it for episode 24, part 26. I'm your host Praddy once again and see you.